This is Charlie Lawson, former owner and leader of Business Networking International. Expert helping you network and get referrals. He's the author of The Unnatural Promoter and The Unnatural Networker. How to grow your business network, even if you hate networking. And also the power of building a network around you that will blow your trumpet. So Charlie, what are the keys to developing a real meaningful, lasting, long-lasting relationship? Relationships are a big thing. I mean, let's face it, In you want to grow your business, you want to get a job, you want to make some friends, honestly. Uh, let's, let's take it down to that. You know, relationships are about getting to know people. And for me, I've got a real bee in my bonnet about this because I think it's something, it's a skill that isn't taught properly. Um, I, I've got a son in secondary school um, and they don't teach this to kids in schools. I go back to when I was at university. I did a business degree and in my career, so I, I left university, what, 25 years ago, gone, it's that long. Have I used anything from my business degree in my career so far? Maybe the odd thing here and there. But what I didn't learn how to do was how to get along with people, how to talk to people, how to get to know people well, how to help people out so that they might help me in return. Um, it's, a, it's a skill that we don't teach, and it's, it's something I'm really passionate about. What are the keys to getting to know someone? What are the keys to get to know someone? Get to, get to know what they're into. I think that's the biggest one for me. So when I'm in, look, I'm, I'm a networking specialist, so I teach people how to grow their business through networking. And so often when we're talking about networking, we think, right, business event, got to talk business, 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 business. We're all dressed up smart, we're at a business event. Look, you've got to talk business, of course you are. But much more important, best question to ask is, you've got a free day to yourself, got no responsibilities to anyone, what do you do? What are, you, what are you into? And you'll find things that come up. Now, hopefully someone will say they're into running or triathlons because then I'll be away because I love running and triathlons. Sometimes you get common ground, sometimes you don't. I was at an event not so long ago, chatting to a lady. I asked, I say, I asked this to, in any conversation I'm at, what are you into? And she goes, crochet. And I'm like, I've got nothing. I <laughs> Literally nothing on crochet. But because she was passionate about it she was in we ended up we're flicking through her phone look at all these pictures of these quilts she made you just you remember people when you when you see that passion it, it creates connection now sometimes there'll be no connection at all sometimes you'll just start chatting you'll be chatting about whatever where you went on holiday in fact you've both got a 14 year old son the fact that whatever it's that connection that creates relationship and it takes time to build you know you think you meet someone, do they become your friend instantly? No, of course not. It takes time to build that relationship. There's studies been done on surveys and how long it takes to become a good friend with people. So it takes a long time. So you've got a free day, Charlie. Yeah. What do you do? I go for a long run. <laughs> how, I, how long? Um, my, my perfect length is probably, I'd say, half marathon sort of length. Um, so a couple of hours I'll be out going, I'm, I'm not particularly fast. I just, uh, I just love it. I, it's my me time. Obviously, it's physical exercise. It's mental exercise. I'll listen to... Podcasts, books, whatever it might be, um, and yeah, I just, I just absolutely love it. So yeah, um, run. You'll find me running definitely. Why does that help you in what you do at work? It actually sets up my day completely. I love to go running in the morning. That's that's my time. I, I'm not so keen on going later on in the day. Um, but yeah, I, my other half, she'll see, she'll see the change in mood in me if I've n not gone for a run. So if I let's say I've injured myself and I've actually got a bit of plantar fasciitis in my foot. My, pain you don't want plantar fasciitis i can tell you that um so i can't go running as much as i, uh, as I usually do and 
she'll she'll just go, oh, we've got to get that plant of fascia. <laughs> she'll see that in me, the fact that I've got this pent-up energy, this slightly, mm. I'm going to say negative energy, that I just dispel when I go running. When I, I, I'm fine, I'm clearer-headed in, in, in my mind, I'm thinking better during the day. Uh, obviously, I've, you know, it's the you know the endorphins that come from you know physical exercise and so on. But I just, I just, I just need it, honestly. Yeah, you you mentioned two things earlier on. You said common ground yep. and passion. Yeah, is there a link between the two? Not necessarily, but if there is common ground, you'll usually have a much more interesting and probably passionate exchange. Let's put it that way. Give an example. Um, this is someone I've known. Guy called Steve, known him for a while in networking. I wouldn't say he's a good mate or anything. Yeah. He's just someone I've known, and he'd said to me, "I've heard him say various times at a bit networking events and so and so on." I turned him say, "This company that he wanted to get into, a good referral for him." And this company happened to be on the business park where my office was. And every day I'd drive into the park in the morning or drive home in the afternoon and I'd pass this company's premises. I'd pass them as I went for a, to the cafe at lunchtime to grab a sandwich. And every time I walked past that company, I'd see the sign. I think. Steve wants to talk to them. But you know what? I never did anything about it. And then one day, we sat down and had a coffee. And it's one of those coffees that turns into a bit of a lunch. And then a couple of drinks. Are, you know, you get yeah. the fish. It carries on and on. And we got into, well, I'm going to say it was an argument. An argument about whether Lewis Hamilton is the greatest Formula One driver of all time. Now, you'll think one of three things at this point. You'll think, yes, he is. No, he isn't. Or, I don't really know who he is. And he just need, doesn't he just drive around in circles? That may well be what people are thinking. The point was what happened next, because when I next time I went for a, to the cafe for my lunch, or, you know, grab a sandwich, I didn't just walk past that company premises. I walked in, and I said to the guy on the reception, a friend of mine really wants to get in touch with. I think it was the facilities manager you need to speak to. Can can we possibly arrange an introduction? And I couldn't actually believe how easy it was to do that. That's a story for another day. Cold calling on behalf of someone else is much easier than cold calling for yourself. But that's that's. That, you know, that's that's separate. The point was, what had changed in our relationship? Because for weeks, for months, I'd walked past that, that company's premises. And suddenly, something had changed. What? It's because I got to know stuff about him. And that stuff, that connection, Formula One in this particular case, was something that, one, we connected over, but we were passionate about. And we created that connection. And it made me want to do something with it. Look, you are massively into networking. This is one of your books. It the, is, the, yes. The, the unnatural networker. Very unnatural. How anyone can succeed at networking. Yeah. What are the keys? Well, the, the key with that in particular is the word unnatural, because it may not seem like it, and especially when I'm training an, a group or mm -hmm. you know speaking in front of a group, whatever it might be, um, people think, well, there's no way this guy's unnatural. But trust me, I'm a bit of an introvert. I like my own space. Once I've gone and met people, I need to go and sit down in a dark room and just, you know, just chill out and relax um my other half she was she's complete opposite to me natural extrovert she just will talk to anyone anywhere anywhere any situation she'll be she'll be chatting away and she's she's brilliant at it um she thinks i have a word limit in my day so uh, you know i'll come home and uh, she'll want to chat about whatever and I'll, I'll just, i just need to go and be quiet i, I genuinely am uh, an, an introvert and yeah i help other introverted types i'm generalizing a bit there obviously yeah. um i help other other people who struggle with networking to do it is that people that fear networking to a degree i think there's two people who tend to come to me the most the clients i, uh, I see are people who yeah really do struggle with maybe because they're on that introvert uh, introverted side of things um and they 
the thought, you know, maybe they've had a bad prior experience. Um, you know, how often do we go to an event or maybe on LinkedIn or, or other platforms and just get sold to straight away? So there's definitely people who fear that. The other one is, I mean, it comes back to your, to your first question, is look, they're quite capable, capable to go into a room and meet people. They'll have some conversations. They'll, you know, connect with a few people. But then it's what happens next. It's how do you turn that pleasant conversation let's put it like that into actually something happening uh, and that requires as we were saying before it requires the the discipline of getting to spending time getting to know people following up on it and keeping you know keeping that process going that's the bit they they probably struggle with the most earlier on you you, you mentioned about getting to know someone to start with and getting into that conversation finding common ground is this a business business relationship that you should go for first or a personal relationship? Well, th th that's an interesting question because so often, as I said, you're often in a business environment yeah. when you're having yeah. these conversations. You know, no one goes networking to go and make some friends. I mean, that, that would just be a weird thing to do. But if you can take the business away from it a little bit, What's going to make people, if they're having a bit of fun, having a laugh with people, you know, what's, what connects people more than anything else? Laughter, having fun, you know, enjoying yourself. That's what starts to connect you, especially when you're starting to talk about, the, you know, whether it's a common ground or shared experiences in some way. So actually, yeah, it's not a personal thing, because like I say, no one's going networking to make some friends, but done right, probably you'll make some friends doing it. Look, you're, you're involved in BNI. I'm aware of that. I've got some questions on that. But just on this first, what's the funniest thing that you've seen at BNI? Funniest thing I've seen at BNI? Oh, God, that's, that, that's a lot. <laughs> should, should have prepared for this question. Uh, funniest thing I've seen at BNI? Um, oh, there's just countless stories of things that have happened at BNI. I'll, I'll share one story about what, what, what I did when I went to BNI. So I'm no longer with BNI on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, we should just just be clear on that. Sold sold the business last year, um, but I still have an affiliation, and I I, I, I love the organisation. And it's often in the majority of cases early morning meetings. That's yeah. that's typically what it is. And you know what early morning means? It means you've got to set the alarm clock. And you know if the alarm clock doesn't wake you up quite right, then yeah, that's going to be a problem. Um, so one day I'm booked to go to a particular group. Um, I pr live probably. 45 minutes drive away from this yeah. uh, from this uh, this group and you, you know what's coming the alarm I, I don't know what happened maybe I didn't set it right whatever it didn't go off and I'm there just going right I wake up and it's about I'm going to say 20 past 7 meeting starts at 7 uh, that, that'd be the latest that you'd get there and I'm still 45 minutes on drive from there and I'm speaking you know to the group and that would typically start about 8 maybe just after 5 past 8 something like that I've never got dressed so quickly. I've never police of the world. I was, I was very responsible as I uh, as I legged it uh, as fast as I could to get there. And I literally walked in as they were saying, "Well, our speaker today is due to be ah, oh, he's here." So the only thing I could do was just talk about the benefit of being late and oh, not the benefit of being late, the reasons why you shouldn't be late in a in in a relationship building uh, setting. I be credible, do do things like that. I, I just, I just had to make a joke of it, and you know, just. You How know, did the meeting go? It was fine because I was self-deprecating. I made it. I said, "Look, yeah, I, I couldn't hide it, could I? I was, I was late." Had you brush your hair in the car? I, I literally everything, tie on, you yeah. know, whatever I was doing. Just, I, I've, I've never been quite so stressed. Yeah, there you go. So, all right. So, B and I, 
did you, I know you said you sold it. Did you own BNI? Did you start BNI? I didn't start it, but I was involved in it. It was something of a family business. It was my parents that brought BNI to the UK back in the mid nineties or so. At that time, I was off to to university. You know, deeply uncool to go and do things with your parents. So actually, I, I was thinking, right, I need to develop a career in. What, what am I going to do? And I picked IT for some reason. Uh, that was not a good move. And uh, as soon as I could reverse out of that, what I did. But at that point, I wasn't looking to, to, to go into the family business. I mean, as I say, I was off at university when they started it. Um, so they, they had a connection to it because my uncle, my dad's brother, lived in Canada, in Toronto. Uh, he'd found this uh, thing. He knew my dad was in between things that were, he was yeah. doing in his professional life and said, you should come and have a look at this. They went and had a look in Toronto. Uh, they saw something that was very interesting, but they thought, oh, this, there's no way this will work in the UK. They went and met the, the guy that founded BNI, a guy called Ivan Meisner. He lived in LA at the time. They went and saw the same thing there and thought, yeah, this is good, but really British people aren't, you know, we're, we're not, we're not going to do this. Anyway, they, they, uh, they took, a, took a gamble and went for it and um, they started the first group in December 96. Um, so as I say, I was at university at that point. Um, some years later, fast forward to what was it, two thousand four, somewhere around there. That's when I, um, I was trying to back out of this aforementioned IT career that was a terrible, terrible uh, mistake. And they were twisting my arm to come into the business um, and uh, probably looking for their exit plan, honestly. And uh, yeah, I decided to come into the business at that point. And I came in as a franchisee uh, in the in the part of the world. I was I was in Southeast London at the time, and that was. Uh, they didn't give me the franchise. They made me buy the franchise, and, and rightly so, obviously. Uh, so I, I, I've never been a member of BNI, um, but I, I came in as a business owner. So since two thousand and four, you were a franchisee. So how did how did your career progress? Well, I started in off in in that part, as I say, southeast London. Uh, then there was a much bigger region that needed uh, needed uh, support. So I kind of maintained the interest in that one, but went and practically worked on the, the other region. It was in northwest London, which where where my parents were based. That was that was the home territory, if you like. Um, and my parents retired in 2009. Uh, myself and my business partner, Tim, Tim Cook, not Tim Cook from Apple. He's just called Tim Cook. Uh, also likes running, but he's an Arsenal fan and I'm a Spurs fan. So it was always caused, always caused some issues. Interesting um, times. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Uh, another whole whole topic. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he we, we became national directors together so the, the two of us bought into the business at, at that point uh, so that was in 2009 and as i say we we sold business in last year uh, 2022 so does anyone stand out for people that you've sort of developed real deep meaningful lasting relationships with over that period of time well, Tim would be a great example of someone who, yeah. like, okay, we'd have arguments in, in the office when Spurs were playing Arsenal, for, for sure, that would happen. But in terms of how we worked together and created a relationship over time, it was, it was I'm going to say, as good a working relationship as we could possibly do. I joke about it now and say that Tim did all the work. Um, in term, you know, he was the... He did the spreadsheets, the con contracts, the legals, the, you know, the the operations of the business. And I was the public face of the business. Um, I had to go and do the promotion, um, which is funny given what the, the, the book uh, we were just talking about. I went and became this unnatural network. And, and lots of people said to me when, when referring to the book, you know, when you do... Um, you know, you're the public face. You need to get speaking opportunities. You want to go and promote promote the business to the outside world. Uh, and they said, we've got to do a book. I was like, really? 
do I have to do it? I didn't think I was going to do it. But, but then, you know, when so many people say it, so your, your business coach says it, mm. uh, your, my parents in my particular case, uh, the founder of, the, of BNI was saying it. Various people kept saying, oh, okay, I'm going to have to write this book. And it was during um, that process, you'll, you'll be aware of the phrase writer's block. I was trying to write this book, a one-on-one guide on networking, and just nothing. I'd stare at the screen, nothing coming out. And I was just chatting with Tim in the office one day, and this is an example of how the relationship could work for us. And we realised that actually, didn't really like networking. Actually, I struggled with it. And that's where the unnatural networker uh, title uh, was born. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was Tim's idea, and it, it, it kind of came. And as soon as I was writing the book for other unnatural networkers, it was transformed. The, the, it flowed. I was sit down at the computer, do a bit of writing, and it would just flow, uh, and it was... It, I'd say it was easy. It's it's still a challenge writing a book, but it just came out and came out and was easy. And yeah, that's a good example of how Tim and I could work together and that relationship really worked for us. So you said you didn't really like networking. Oh, definitely don't. Do you have to like networking to be good at it? No, because I don't like networking. I'm good at it. How good? Well, I built a career on it. Uh, I am uh, now started a new business where I, it's uh, absolutely, networking is my only source of business generation. I don't advertise. I don't, uh, you know, do anything like that. I, it's all on networking, and I've started another business doing the same thing. So, no, you definitely don't – you definitely need to be good at it, but you don't have to like it to be good at it. And that's that's my message to to introverted, more introverted types. Like you said, the, uh, yeah. the, the subtitle of the book is how anyone – emphasis on the anyone – can be good at can be good at. Well, networking. Let, me, let me read this, the second book. The unnatural promoter, mm. how anyone can blow their own trumpet without feeling awkward. Gotta love the phrase, blow your own trumpet. It is, you? without feeling awkward. That's the key. So that how, book came... How? How? I want to know the answer. Okay. How, how anyone can blow their own trumpet without feeling awkward. Well, let awkward. me explain where that book came from, just to... Just to first, and then I'll, I'll, I'll... There's a simple answer to, what, to, to, to that question. That book was born the day, the first book, I had the book launch. So the book launch was set up. It was the, the team in the office. Done, I, I couldn't do it. Inviting people to a party is just literally my... I, 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 I just don't like doing it. Team in the office done a wonderful job. They set it all up. It was an after-work do. You know, a few canapes, bubbles. You know, ni- really, really nicely done. And people coming. I don't know, there were probably 80, 100 people coming just to just to, to come and get a copy of the book. And I was going to say a few words and, and they could ask me questions and so on. Where was I at about five to six, five minutes before it started, where guests were in the room? I was upstairs in the office pretending to do some work, (laughs) you know, just not wanting to come and be at my own event. Um, Now, rationally speaking, I know, I knew very well that people wanted to be there. They wanted to get a copy of the book. They wanted to ask me questions. I I know that, you know, if I uh, think, think about it rationally. But still, the thought of promoting myself... Just makes makes me feel awkward, and that's where that was born. Simple answer: How you can you know blow your own trumpet without feeling awkward? Build a network around you. When you've got a good network around you, they'll blow your trumpet for you. It sounds a bit weird, that, but um, yeah, they'll 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 shout about you. Um, so if anything, I mean they're not they don't run one after the other. But if anything, the unnatural promoter is the prequel to the unnatural networker. That what that unnatural promoter says is you need to have people around you. Build your network. And then the unnatural networker shows you how to, you can actually use those people, use that network to uh, to to gain success. I absolutely love that. I didn't I didn't see it coming either. You know, here's the key: build a network around you. What the? How do you do that then? How do you start to build a network around you? 
talk to people. <laughs> Glib answer, I know. How, how do you do it? Okay, you. Um, if you think through the people you know, there'll be some people you know really well. There'll be some people who could literally call you at 3am, and okay, you might be a bit grumpy about it, but you take the call because you know that they're not going to call you at 3am unless it's something really important. They Obviously, you're very close now. You're then going to have people that you know well, but you don't certainly wouldn't be calling you at 3am. There wouldn't be an expectation of that. But, you know, you'll, you know, think of a really good client, someone who's done, you've done work with over a good period of time, um, you know, a good friend who you've, you've got to know over time or whatever it may be. And then you'll have people that you know less well and it will sort of go out in, in phases. I, I'm a strong believer that people will come and go from your network and it's down to you how much you want them to come and how much you want them to go honestly um you know if i think of people that have come through my life um and i'm thinking friends here if i think back to when i was at school and i went to, to university i'm not really i don't really hang out with any of the people i met when i was at university but there's a bunch of us who were all at school together and we still really tight and really really close so it's how much you work at the relationships honestly um and i think I think for me, the biggest thing with networking is that people, it's actually the word networking that freaks people out. Because networking is this title that we put on, and we often think about it, it's right, it's going to an, an event or getting on LinkedIn and doing that kind of, and that's what makes people feel awkward. Actually, what we're doing with networking is just talking to people. How do you build a relationship? You talk to them, you spend time with them, you share experiences with them, common ground like we were talking before. You laugh about stuff, whatever it might be. You'll work together. You'll demonstrate your credibility with people. That's all networking. The thing is, a lot of people look at networking as this thing they've got to go and do, whereas actually, they've got some mates around for dinner on a Saturday evening. Are they networking? Well, they wouldn't describe it as that, but when they're with their friends, they, they're doing the same thing. They're talking to them. They're building relationships with them. So I'd almost ask the question, when aren't we networking? Because in reality, we're always networking. Whenever we're talking to anybody, we are networking. We just don't describe it as that. you will have heard this before networking not and not working not working yep what are some of the biggest mistakes that people make in networking i'll start with the biggest hard selling and here's the challenge with it let's imagine you've gone to a networking event i don't know in your local chamber of commerce type event or a bni meeting or whatever whatever it is if you go out there go into that room and start selling you're setting yourself up to fail why because who went to that event with the intention of buying anything? No one does. And look, even just on the practical nature of it, most people's buying process, well, you probably want to sit down and talk about it. You might have a contract to sign, blah, 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 whatever. There's all sorts of things you're going to do. So you're never going to do that in that situation. So why bother selling? And this, this thing where, you know, you connect with someone on LinkedIn and immediately you get sort of, it's almost like it's probably set up as an autoresponder to quite honest. Oh, 20% off widgets or whatever their, their product is straight away. But it's just, it's the biggest turnoff for so many people and it just doesn't work. So yeah, definitely not selling. So how can you make it more effective is not going with the intention. It's actually realizing the people that you're networking with probably aren't going to be your next client. No one went there to buy. Exactly. But even, even on the day, okay, they're not going to buy. But even down the down the road, probably those people aren't going to be your next client. I'm not saying they definitely won't be because they might. Of course they might be. But it's actually who do those people know who might be your next best client? See, we, here in life, is it what you know or who you know? 
obviously everyone knows it's mm. it's who you know. But that's actually, it's not what you know, it's not who you know. It's how well you know them that counts. And when you know people well, and there's trust and built over time, um, you know, through, through that relationship process, then, yeah, who do they know and who are they prepared to refer you to? That's the key. So, yeah, networking is not about doing business, obviously on the day, as we've just, just said, but it's also about not necessarily doing business with the people you meet. It's about who do they know who you really want to do business with. Yeah, look, you've been to your fair share of networking events. I have, yes. You don't need to mention any names here. What, what are some of your worst experiences that you've ever had? I, generally, it always comes back to that hard selling experience, honestly. Uh, it's funny because in some cultures, you know, when you around the world, uh, you know, you, you see different things happen. Um, so I give an example. Um, you know, I, I would equate uh, hard selling. Maybe it's, 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 it's definitely a step back from that. And it's changed slightly these days because more people will, you know, don't necessarily have business cards uh, always when you, when you go to events. Often you'll be connecting via a QR code and it takes you straight to the LinkedIn profile and then you can hit connect. But so often you'll have people immediately wanting to connect on via that or give you their business. In an old world, it would be give you a business card. And I said in, in other cultures, go to India and it's just absolutely the done thing to just basically take the people's business cards straight there and then it's just the cultural way they, they do it go to japan and it's a very different process of how they uh, exchange business cards it's actually there's a real ceremony to it so they'll literally you know offer the card up like this and you'd offer me and you you, you you've got a whole process to, to go through um but yeah with with that point around um you know immediately wanting to connect with people on linkedin hold hold on a little bit because what are you doing when you connect with someone on linkedin you're actually giving away a little bit of your credibility when you do so by saying you're so the way linkedin works um first level connection second level third level leave third level out of the way because they're friends of friends if you like but um uh no friends of friends of friends i've said that said that wrong first level people you're connected with second level are people that they know um if you immediately connect with someone who you've just met for the first time right there and then in a quite a salesy approach as often happens giving away a little bit of your credibility in doing that. Why? Because other people can see your network and look through your first level connection and say, oh, you're connected to them. You must, you must know them. Now, that's not always the case. And if you look through your LinkedIn connections, probably there's going to be one or two people who are first level connections who you honestly can't remember exactly where you met them. You, you met them 10 years ago and it, 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 was, it, it wasn't like a, a close relationship you had with them. But yeah, you are effectively giving away a little bit of your credibility by connecting first level with them. So is speed a bad thing there? Is he, you shouldn't be jumping in too fast. Is that what you're saying? Potentially. Every situation is different. So you can't say, no, that's not the right thing to do on some cases. Because yeah. sometimes you might be talking to someone who, perfect person for me to network yeah. with. Good target market link up. You know, we both share the same sort of clients. Well, no, I want to connect with them and I want to do that. But if the first thing I do is say, right, let's connect, that's that's not the approach. Much better to Ask them some questions. What are you into? You know, how, how do you help your clients? What here's a good question: Is what do your clients typically say when they turn? You know, when they uh, when they first contact you. You know, what's their issues? What's their problems? What's their what, what's going on for them? And then you'll find out if there's those connections and those uh, possibilities to, to to work together. And then at that point, then we make the connection. It's, it's when you go in first and, and, and without any other thought. So if I've just started a business. Should I start networking straight away? Should that be one of my strategies? Yes, definitely. It was a funny story. I've started a business this year, 
And, you know, it's a challenge to start. I think everyone who's started a business knows that it's a challenge to start a business. And, you know, you've got to get your first glance. The, the phone's got to ring somehow. You've got to, you've, got to, you've got to get there. And I was chatting to him. He's an old school mate. And uh, honestly, he's, he's quite a funny one. His relationship with networking has, uh, let's say, been, been interesting. He's sometimes very passionate about it, but sometimes uh, I can't be bothered with it. And he just said to me, uh, I was just, he was asking, how, how's the new business going? Oh, yeah, it was tough. You know, you know, takes time to get clients. He said, don't you think you should go and do a bit of networking? <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, I, I, I know I'm obviously doing that. So, yeah, no, absolutely. You, you've got to get your name out there. You've got, you, much as it pains me to do it, I have to promote myself. Otherwise, people, you know, you can be the best kept secret. It's all right. You know how to blow your own trumpet. <laughs> well, I still feel awkward doing it, though. Well, you build a network around you that'll do it exactly, for you. Exactly. Exactly. The point is, though, if you if you don't get your name out there, then no one's gonna. You can't be the best kept secret, and no one's gonna come find you if you, if you, if you don't tell anyone about it. So yeah, you've got you've got to promote yourself in a way. But yes, as I say in the book, the best way to do that is have people go out and do it for you. Yeah, have people go out and do it for you, and ultimately, you've got to talk to people as well. Indeed. So, what are the best bits of advice you can give for? going out there and positively talking to people ask good questions be interested in the answers and listen not listen to respond but listen to understand sounds easier you yeah. know it's a lot of people say that a lot of people say and profess that yet it's not common practice no it isn't it definitely isn't i'll, I'll turn back to the first one of those and, and maybe see if we can give an example so i said ask good questions so an obvious question that a lot of people were asked you know maybe you ask uh, initially uh, you know what do you do except you've got it you ask that that is a basic question but then they'll say something like um i don't know where are you based for example and what can where are you based lead to okay it might lead to some geographic connection mm. maybe but What's the chances? It's not likely to lead to a lot. Much better question, once you've asked, what do you do, is, oh, how did you get into that? Because when you ask someone, how did you get into that? Or what do you love about your industry? Just a question like that. It takes them out of the day-to-day -day and gets them thinking, well, go back in time. Why did I get into that? Why, you know, what, what, what was it about? You probably they were excited about setting up a business. What do they love about it? Well, what are they going to tell you? They're going to tell you what they love, what they're passionate about in that business. It's a far more interesting question. And then obviously, when it comes to the listening point, I can't then just be thinking, right, what's my next question? What's my next question? <clears throat> I've got to listen to what they're saying, yeah. understand it, and then respond. Don't listen and just jump in with wherever I want to go next or try and get it on to me. Best, you know what people, most people like to talk about? What's their favourite subject? Themselves. Themselves. Get them talking about themselves. And sometimes you'll have a conversation with someone at a networking event. And honestly, you hardly say anything. That's a good conversation in a networking setting. Yeah, you, you gave me an interesting question earlier on. You said if you got three days, what do you do? Give us another interesting question. To get someone talking about themselves. Uh, another interesting question. The, the one I, I've just, just said there, what do you love about what you do? I think that's a good one. Uh, tell us about a, a client that you've helped recently. And so this is a good one because often it, it requires a certain answer. Sometimes people will tell you everything about what they did for that client. And actually, that's not very interesting. It's what the client's feeling that's interesting. Um, so... Like I said, what, what, does the, what does the client what's the client thinking when they the moment they contact you when they picked up the phone and said I need your help with X whatever X is what was going on for them were they worried were they anxious were they losing money were they unproductive whatever there's going to be some issue 
you'll then, as the in the conversation, the business owner, you basically swoop in and save the day. You'll solve their challenge, and then think, how do they feel after? You know, now you've done your bit. What would they say about you? Oh, they've saved me all this money. They've saved me all this time. They've saved my life. Even you know, sometimes you know, it becomes it becomes that extreme. So yeah, tell us about a cl a client experience and from the client's point of view. I heard this from uh, a global sales guru. All right, and talking a little bit about networking, and he used this question: Don't ask people where they're from. Ask people where they grew up. Let's do that on you. Where did you grow up? I grew up in northwest London. Suburbs of London, very unexciting. I wish I lived by the sea. I want to live by the sea. Uh, that, that, one day I will live by the sea. What was the biggest memory of growing up in Northwest London? Biggest memory of growing up in Northwest London, probably when I learned to ride my bike. How old were you? Oh, I would have been, I don't know, three, four ish, I guess. I don't, I'm not great with early memories, but I do remember that feeling of we, we, my parents lived in a cul de sac and it kind of had. A little bit down there, a little bit there, a little bit there. You can't. You, you basically go on the pavement all the way around, and it, was, it well, felt like miles when you when you're three or four. It probably was a few hundred yards, but it, yeah, just that freedom of doing that. And I remember I had a recurring dream when I was young. I don't know some people who know exactly what this means. I had a recurring dream that I'd be riding my bike, and I'd take off, and you know, ET style, I'd be uh, I'd be flying around uh, uh, above the. Uh, above, Me and above. you, same same age, same era. Yeah, love love that. On a cul-de-sac. Yeah. Common ground. It's actually yeah. quite a good question, that. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Riding the bike on the pavements, age between three and I, five. Whatever, whatever age I am now, yeah. What kind of bike was it? Oh, God, I, I probably... What did I learn? I, I don't know. I remember my the first proper bike I had was a, a BMX, and I, 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 I yeah, loved BMX. that. Yeah. Did you ever have a Rally Lizard? I didn't have a Rally Lizard, yeah. Do you, do you, do you remember a Rally Lizard? I do remember one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most envious. That I, no, I've never had one. I'm now more into road, because I do my triathlons. I, I, mm. I have my road bike, so that, that, that's, that's what I spend my time on now. Yeah, so you... See, when when a man gets older, the toys just get bigger and more expensive. <laughs> yeah. So the, the bikes now are a lot more expensive. They, they are a lot more expensive. That said, I do not understand, and there's probably pretty people watching this who'll be shouting and cursing at me. Why would you spend... Silly money, ten grand on a bike, let's say, because you can quite easily buy a very nice car for that. Uh, I mean, I have a nice bike, but it's not a ten grand bike. And then you put the, you get the lycra. Was it the mammal, middle-aged oh, yeah. man in in, yeah, in lycra? Yeah. You and could have come wearing lycra today I, I, if you'd I, have wanted. I probably would not have been a good look. But and then yeah, but they spend ten grand. But there's a let, yeah. let's be honest, there's a little bit of a beer gut there. And it's like, actually, is that is it worth spending ten grand? Yeah. What's your favourite beer? I'm actually not a beer drinker. But there's a beer gut. What's I, that I'm from? saying other people there's a beer gut. Okay. I, I, try, I try and keep myself. I'm not a beer drinker. don't like beer. I'm a bit weird. Do you, you don't drink any alcohol? I know. I, I do enjoy a drink. I'm not a, not a big drinker. It, my preferred table will probably a gin and tonic. love a gin and tonic. Okay. It's popular, isn't it? Yeah. It's very probably. chic. Yeah, chic. I like to think I'm cool, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> I, I, I can see that. So let's talk about giving now. The biggest gift in life is to give. Yes. And that's something that B and I believe in. Definitely. Why? Because it works. Uh, look, it, like B and I call it givers gain. Uh, in life, we probably call it what goes around comes around. Um, in some some words, if you're feeling really fancy, you use the word reciprocity, and I've managed to say that, and that's just a uh, you know that doesn't always happen first time. Reciprocity. Yeah, it, it's it, a universal law. It is indeed. Uh, I think what goes around comes around is the easiest way of, of saying. It. It's a bit like. Let's say you've been invited around a friend's house with uh, with your other half. Yesterday, it happened. In fact, uh, we were hadn't seen, 
local friends, hadn't seen them in a while. We were hanging out with them and they said, come back to ours, we'll, have, we'll, we'll, we'll do some food. What are we thinking, what, me and my other half thinking, as we drove away? Right, we better we better get them around for dinner soon. Yeah, it's just natural thing. It's 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 the Christmas. I mean, maybe you don't do Christmas nope. cards quite so much. You said get receipt. Oh God, I better send them a Christmas card. I, I I don't know if that still applies quite so much, but it's it's that feeling of just you know wanting to you know someone's help help you for some time for you. Yeah. You want to help them back, uh, and when it comes to referrals, look the best way you asked earlier, best way to build a relationship. I talked about the connection. Here's number two on that list. Give them a referral. Give them a referral and what are they going to do? You know, okay, there are going to be some really cold-hearted people who just take, 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 take. But, you know, you're not going to carry on doing that if they keep taking, clearly. Most people are going to say, right, keep giving to me, Charlie. How, how can I help you? And then then the opportunity is there for, for, for you to say what, what you can do to help them. Beautiful. Sorry, they could do to help you. The law of reciprocity, yeah? <laughs> so there's a book, Go Give Us, Sell More. Yep. Why do go givers sell more? Because when they give, people want to help them. And, you know, okay, selling is what the, is the end result. Let's be clear about a referral. A referral isn't a sale. A referral is an opportunity to present your business or service to someone who's in the market for your product or service. Doesn't mean they are going to sell. You've still got to go and sell yourself and, you know, get them to sign on the dotted line. But referrals tend to be easier to convert because they come from a place of trust. Uh, and people, the, the, as a client, assuming they sign up, they tend to stay longer because, again, they've come from a, a, a place of trust. So, yeah, it, it's because if you're if you're giving, then you you, you know you'll get people returning to you, and, and you will sell more as a result. If I'm to set a standard in my business of networking excellence for everybody in my business that's involved in networking, these are the standards. Making it four standards, yeah, be more or less. What should be on that list? I think it's a really good point. Tracking what you do in a referral context is uh, and, and networking context are really good to do. First one I track is how many referrals are you giving? As we've just been saying, if you're giving referrals, the chances are you're going to be uh, going to be receiving them down the line. What other things would I track? I'd probably track the number of coffees you have. Coffee is such an important um, thing, and I'm not talking about the caffeine hit in the morning. I'm talking about the connection that's created over coffee. You meet. Someone, you have some nice conversations and yeah. networking event. Well, if nothing happens afterwards, then complete waste of time. So, yeah, sit down with them of coffee. Obviously, uh, in, in the modern world, I think the pandemic taught us this. Zoom and Teams and, and, and so forth can do this very easily for us. And you can have a virtual coffee with anyone, honestly, anywhere in the world. So it's dead easy to do. Um, but, yeah, um, I'd definitely be tracking the referrals I'm giving and the number of one-to-ones I'm having. Um, other things I'd possibly track... Um, how many people? You, uh, how many events are you going to? How many? How much time are you spending on networking? They're the sorts of things I I, I, I track. But I definitely have giving referrals and the number of one to ones at the top of that list. Okay, so let's just keep on this of setting the standard. I won't push you on this. So a lot of KPIs to start with. Mm. Track this as a business. Any rules for the people that are actually going out networking? Yes, we're going to track all of that. Is are there any rules that we want to or, or training things that we're going to do so that people perform better? Yeah, I, I think the, the the biggest one I'd say there is, are you being strategic with your networking? Are you networking in the right places? Now, we, as we said before, you're not re- you shouldn't bank on doing business with the pe- you meet, people you meet networking. We know it's not going to be on on the day as well, but you know, if if you do business with the people you meet networking, well, that's that's just good luck. It's it's the people that your network know. So, can you be strategic about it? 
who is a typical good client for you and where do they quotes hang out i don't mean which pubs they go to which supermarket do they shop in i said i mean who will know who will have access to the people you want to speak to so you want to speak to high net worth individuals let's use, use them as an example who knows high net worth individuals well i'm going to say probably financial advisors would be a good place to start get to know financial advisors build relationships with them now this is a long-term process don't let me be clear but over time, if you help that financial advisor out and keep passing them referrals, what are they going to do? Oh, Charlie, how can I help you? Oh, I really need to get into high net worth individuals. And then you, you've got the opportunity. Beautiful. So, uh, yeah. You um, join a members club. Ex exactly. There's lots of ways you could do it. I'm just giving that as an example. Well, let, let, let's go on there because B&I is the one that we've talked about. That is a networking event, yeah? It's, yep. it's, it's one event. What are all the different networking possible events that people can go to so there's a few different ones i'd, I'd highlight so bni uh, is what we call strong contact networking it's where there is some sort of restriction around professions so bni is only one person per profession in the room and that's great because it gives you the, the the monopoly within your sector um so that that's one type uh you've got soft contact networking so that would be a more general networking mixer so anyone's going to be there you know you might see a whole bunch of your competitors there to be to be quite honest doesn't doesn't mean it's not worthwhile doing by the way um good uh, good uh, good place to go network next one i go is industry specific so whatever industry you're in uh, i'll give you an example uh, i've uh, for, for my you know, business professional services is where i need to be legal in particular so i'm spending a lot of time going to legal uh, networking events um because they're all the, they're, they're the people I want to meet. They're, 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 I'm being strategic about it. What else you got? You've got LinkedIn. I'd say that's a big one. So the online space. Now, there's lots of different platforms online, obviously. I'm going to say LinkedIn is probably the one that most people uh, watching or listening to this will be will be most useful to them. I'm not saying that the others aren't, but I use LinkedIn as a, as a good example. Great place because it, it tends to be business-focused discussions with business people who can maybe not always make the decision, but maybe they know the person who can make the decision. So uh, LinkedIn's definitely a, a place I'd had, add to the list. A couple of others, you might look at um, sort of uh, volunteer or uh, community groups. I think they're really worth thinking about. Uh, I mean, I'll give you a couple of examples in my life. I think volunt volunteering is such an important part of my life. I, I really value it. I volunteer at a local cafe uh, once a week. I love it. It's a community cafe. I'm learning to make coffee. I just suggest don't come in and have, don't have a coffee the day I'm making it because I'm not that good at it yet. But I just love it because it's part of a community. Uh, I volunteer at my local running club. I volunteer at the um, on, I'm on a governor at my son's school. So all of those groups are people. Look, I'm not going to about to go and do business with them, but all of them are getting to know me. Yeah. All of them, you know, I help them with something going on in their lives. It, it may not be quite so directly business related, obviously, because it's just it's uh, it, it's more life. But it's all people in my network. Um, so they're definitely good. Um, and the other one I'd say is social networks. So a lot of people think, right, network, you've got to go to that event. Got to, got to, yeah, it's all a networking event. I've got to go to that. But actually, there's really great ways to network. Where you, if, if you don't like networking, you're a bit of an unnatural networker, go to something that interests you. I don't know. Conferences. Conferences. I mean, that, that's another, Go and learn that's something. Thing, and, you know, every conference, there'll be some networking breaks and you'll have a coffee and you'll chat to people. But even, even, Further than that, go and do something you're really interested in. You're interested in football, go and play five side football. You'll build a network within those within those people as well. That's social networks. Exactly. So that that yeah, very much interest group and you know, clearly not business related. And in in terms of getting business, always gonna be a more long term thing for sure. But 
yeah, it, they're the they're the six I'd, I'd probably cover. It's amazing how many you know how many opportunities you've got yeah. in your life to Definitely. go and network. But and that comes back to the point: when aren't we networking? Actually, networking is just talking to people. There's nothing more than that: talking to people, building relationships. And you do that in all walks of life. Um, it doesn't have to be in a business context. So the people that say not working, are they egomaniacs? Sorry, are they... Egomaniacs. If they're not working... No. Ne you know, networking, not, not working. Not working, I see, right. Because I hear that as a power statement that people use. I th well, people people say that because they think if you're, if you're, if you're not getting out there and you know shout blowing your own trumpet then you're soon going to be not working that's how i'd often hear, hear that uh, that that phrase used um I, and there, there comes a point you can't only network you can't you know you've, you've got to run a business you've got to service your clients you've got to you know do, do everything you need to do to to, to, to run your business and, and make it operate so you can't only network so that may be another way people might uh, might look at that if you're if you're only networking then yeah you'll also not be working so all right i've got some quick questions for you here what are the three best books to read around networking? Well, there's a very good one just in front. Of, if there was one of those you pick, I'd pick up the Unnatural Networker because that's 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 the this the, one the, first. The original one. But how anyone could succeed at networking? But maybe you want different takes or okay. other people's. But take, you take can on. have that in the top three. So <laughs> let, let, let's if, go if with I'm two like, of us. What, what's what's funny about the irony there is I'm actually self-promoted. So there you go. I, I, I'm usually not very well, good at that. Well, that's the second book, isn't it? How <laughs> anyone can blow their own trumpet without feeling awkward. I, I was going to say I, I, I'll try and pick out pick some other uh, other books. Uh, other people to look at. Uh, look. I'm not involved day to day with BNI anymore, but I would definitely check out Ivan Meisner's content. He, he he's written. I I lose count of how many books he's written. To be quite honest, it's probably he founded BNI. He founded BNI. He, he, you know, when did he, he? When was that? It was 1985. So it's 39. Yeah, very nearly 30. It was 8th of January 1985. So it, very nearly 39. No, about 39 years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the biggest thing you've? He learned? did the uh, forward for 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 the book. So. What's the biggest thing you've learned from him? Uh, he, he taught me a great one uh, in terms of look, there's lots of stuff. Let, let's be honest. He gave me the opportunity to have an amazing business that you know, we, we, we sold and we did, did very nicely out of Thank you very much. So that, that's what I would owe him more. But in, just in terms of a networking tip that you could probably take, he taught me how to get out of a conversation. You know that slightly awkward thing that you have to do sometimes at an event? And if you say, well, I'm just going to go and go and get a drink, you know, it's obvious you're just trying to oh, stop to the to the bathroom. It's obvious you're just trying to get out of the conversation. And he just he did it really nicely. He did it on me. First time I met him. Big event. Lots of people there wanted to meet him, obviously. And he, he said, he offered out his hand, said, Charlie, it was lovely to meet you. Shook my hand. Nice smile. Very, very positive. But just said, Charlie, it was lovely to meet you. Note the tense. <laughs> and then he turned off and walked to someone else. And I thought... I didn't feel like I'd been shortchanged. I didn't feel like I, you know, isn't he rude? And why, you know, he, he said it was lovely to meet you. He said it with a big smile. He gave me a nice warm handshake. People get themselves all worked up about this. That's the easiest way to do it. Just say thank you very much. Lovely to meet you, and go and talk to someone else. Oh. Everyone knows at an event that if that's what people are there to do. It's beautiful. Don't tip. take it personally. Beautiful tip. Unnatural networker. Anything I've admired. And third book. Oh, another another, uh, another book on networking in particular. Yeah. Oh, I should have thought about some more networking books. Uh, I, I, can I give you a general book recommendation? I think that really yeah. applies in in yeah. networking. Um, you'll heard him. He's way more. You know, 
plenty more famous than anyone that I know. Simon Sinek, Start With Why. Yeah. I love that book. Um, obviously, it's not about networking per se, but if you are clear on your why and why you do stuff, um, it's going to make it a lot easier for your network to refer you. So Is that your favourite book? It's It would definitely be in my top top two or three business books. What's yeah. number one? Oh, I haven't got. I probably haven't got an order. I love uh, Michael Gerber, Emith. Yeah. I, I think that's fantastic. Uh, I'm gonna. Th I'm not gonna think of another one. I've just read a really good book recently, actually, which I'd highly recommend. And I'm not gonna remember the author's names, but it's called Play Bigger. Um, I can look it up quickly. No. Uh, it, really good. Uh, just finished it. All right, their books. What's your favorite movie? Uh, it revolves. I have a top two or three that I love. Shawshank Redemption's always up there. Yep. The Italian Job, the original, and I'm a Back to the Future fan. I love Back oh, to the Future. Back to the Future, one, two, or three. Oh, it has to, it has to be number one in terms of yeah. the the classic because it's just the the the, the beauty, beauty of which they put that story together. And I think the third one went a little little too far. Let's be honest, but uh, yeah, I, I do love Back to the Future. Back to the Future. It's got to be on it. It's got to be on over Christmas. Oh, it? I'm sure it will be. Uh, favorite holiday destination. Uh, favorite holiday destination. Um, I love snowboarding, so I, I love the Alps. But I also do love when I go on holiday. I like I, don't, I can't just sit around and do nothing. I'm not I'm not one of those. I'll always want to go and see stuff. Uh, best places I've been. The best place I ever went to probably Cuba. I loved Cuba. I, I wouldn't necessarily go there. Did you it, have a cigar? Uh, Probably did. <laughs> I was with my. Actually, it was a funny story with my uh, my other half, Hannah, and my son. He was one at the time, um, and we didn't know. We just wanted to go to Cuba, and it was before Castro died. Just wanted 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 to see what Cuba was uh, Cuba was like. And I remember we landed. Um, and it was probably. I remember as we came in, you could sort of see the sun setting. So it was maybe five thirty, six o'clock in, in the uh, late afternoon. But by the time we got the bags and come out, it was pitch black absolutely nothing around we we knew where we were going in terms of we had a, a place on the map but when we got we got a hire car it wasn't one of the big old american cars it was a some horrible horrible thing but we got this hire car one year old son in the back bear in mind so taking a car seat and we just started driving and what we found out was there were no street lamps no street signs, no road names, anything, literally nothing. We navigated using the um, compass on our, you know, you know, the compass on your phone, because we knew when we hit the coast, we had to turn right, and that's where, that's where, because we were going east. That's all we had. Next morning, sort of found off later, it was, it was fine. Looked at the guidebook, said, "Whatever you do, don't hire. A, if you're going to hire a car, don't drive at night." And that was literally the first thing we'd done. Pitch up with our one-year-old son, hired a car, and just uh, just got on with it. So I like I like exploring. That's my thing. Well, once you can do that, you can do anything in Cuba. I guess you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Superpower. I think I said earlier, flying. I think that that for me, fly riding my bike and, and, and flying. I, I'd, I'd love to be able to do that. Superman, your favourite hero, yeah? Oh, I guess so, yeah. Why not? <laughs> early bird or night owl? Early bird, definitely. How early? I'm usually up uh, 5.36, usually to go for a run or do some sort of exercise. Yeah, definitely early. If you could have one day in anyone else's life, past or present, who would you choose? I'm going to remember a day that um, I lost my dad in 2015. Um, and 
something he did. It was it was before I came into BNI, but it was a BNI thing that him and my uh, him and mum were doing. It was a competition where the prize winners got to go on a cruise line, the QM2 from Southampton to New York. So it was, it was go go to New York. And I remember this came up when when he died, and we were talking about you know memories of him and. I got a picture of him uh, that uh, the the day we the, the boat sailed into to New York. First time I'd been to New York, and I I saw you know like once how everyone saw it the first time. You don't just land at the airport and get a cab. Everyone came in by boat, and so you saw the the you know the, the New York skyline by that. And in this picture of him, it just shows this glint in his eye that he just obviously it was a thing that he kind of arranged and did. And it was that that was the day that I you know mainly because I missed my dad obviously, but. If I could, if I could relive any day through him, it was how how he showed us the New York skyline in that way. It was an amazing day. Amazing story. Who've been the three biggest trusted advisors in your life? I'd say my dad would definitely be number one. What did you get from your dad? Biggest thing he taught me was um, he always said. So we lost. So he was late sixties when he when he passed. Um, I never remember him not saying this. He always said, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up yet. He was always, always thinking. So the entrepreneurial spirit and adventure, I, th I think, would be, be be the biggest one from him. And uh, other trusted advisors? Who else? Who else? Um, I'd probably let's uh, put me on the spot. So I'm going to say Tim, the, my old business partner. Um, I, I think the, just the way we connected and worked together i mean he gave me that unnatural networker idea that's worked out pretty well for me so i've built built a business on it now so i'd I, I go with him and another one I, it was an old business coach i had and i still catch up with him from time to time and it was just the way he taught me or we talked i remember talking about him about it first to spend 20 percent of my working life on strategy i you know working on the business and you know, 80%, obviously, you've got to do run the business, clearly. But yeah, spending a fifth of my time on the business, on strategy, I think that's that's something I've I've lived my life by ever since. It's really nice that it's black and white, that as well. It's direct. It's, it's easy to do. You can put it in the diary and, and, and plan it that way, yeah. What's the first thing that people should do once they've listened to this podcast? Uh, well, I'll, I'll, other than go and buy the book. Uh, no, no. Um, what's the first thing you should be, do? Um, look through your network and see you're going to have a coffee with. Remember I said the yeah. power of coffee? I think it's something that people don't do enough. I regularly look through my LinkedIn connections, and I'm talking first-level connections here, and inevitably there's names you think, where did I make them? I can't remember exactly where they came from. And I'll send message to people regularly, say, hey, just checking in with my contacts. Love to, love to do it from time to time. Uh, anything I can do to help you? Fancy a, fancy a catch-up over, over a coffee? Zoom or you know, virtual or, or, or in real life. And... You, you learn a lot from what the response is or whether there's a response. If there's no response, should they be someone who's in forever in my network? Maybe not. And you know what comes out of those conversations? You have great conversations and you just get... People love that the fact that you've reached out to them. So yeah, in a networking context, go and deepen the relationship with, uh, with, with someone and just, just go and do it. You know what? I've got plenty of stars on my piece of paper here in front of me. Loved so many parts of this. Second favourite bit was the volunteer. Yep. Just gives you new circles. And it was really powerful. I think volunteering is what makes communities go round, honestly. And everybody knows you. Yeah. And that's how everybody can get to know you. You know, but my, my favourite bit was was 
how anyone can blow their own trumpet without feeling awkward. Here's how you do it. Build a network around you. Let them do it for you. Exactly. And then, just, you know, get used to talking to people after that. What's been your favourite part? I, look, I just love connecting with, with people. The fact that we, we, you've let me talk about, um, you know, triathlons and, uh, you know, running in particular. Because, uh, yeah, I, I love it when... I just love conversation. And while I am an unnatural networker, trust me, I am. The thought of going into that room of people, no, quite frankly, I'd rather not do it. I'd rather hang out with my mates. It's much easier. Um, but I know that when I get there, I can have a conversation. I know I can do that. So I actually, I, I really enjoy the, the, the feeling of connection that you get when you have a, uh, have a conversation. So I, 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 I'd say that. Charles Lawson, thank you very much. Pleasure. See you next time. Hey there, James here with an exciting announcement. The BizX Awards is coming to the ACC Liverpool from the 18th to the 19th of April with an incredible lineup of speakers. You're going to meet the likes of Stephen Mulher, Donald Miller, Deborah Meaden, and many, many more. Book your spot right now at thebizx.co.uk. And if you've enjoyed listening to the Business Excellence Podcast, make sure to comment your top learnings and favorite moments, as well as like and subscribe. See you next time.